Welcome in and welcome back to the award-winning stuff your mom threw out wait, podcast. Wait, wait. What awards were these? I don't know. What's the Razzies? <laughs> Whatever they're called. I don't know. What, what do they call What do they call the porn awards? Uh, the, I don't know the Vivid Awards. Who knows? But I, oh, I thought for sure you would know this. Uh, you know, I haven't even gotten to the open yet, and you're already uh, on your tangent. Well, that means we're back. Okay, that's right. We're back, better than ever, reunited, and it feels so good. I'm uh, that if, if reunited, and that's uh, a song. Oh, here we go. He, he, peaches and peaches and herb. That's right. Here so I go. guess that makes you peaches. Hi, peaches. Thank you for coming back. <laughs> One good thing about this podcast, it makes me laugh. I'm, I'm thankful for that. Anyway, I'm David Schuster. He is Mr. Scott Beatty, co-owner. Mr. Mr. Podcast. I want to be known as Mr. Podcast from now on. Okay. Okay. What? Whatever. Squeeze Mr. that in, Mr. Big Stuff. He's the co-owner that's and another, operator. That's another song. Co-owner, operator of AU Sports is located at 6006 Dempster in Morton Grove. By the way, that should be the sponsor of this this podcast. Don't I, you think? I, I let you in the door. I've done enough for society. <laughs> anyway, we're broadcasting this podcast on the premises of AU Sports, where not only sports fanatics come in here, but sports collectors flock to the store. I'll let you introduce yourself because I have no good words. Well, yeah, I introduced myself, Mr. Podcast. Okay, Mr. Podcast. Scott Beatty, owner, operator of AU Sports Marabilia. Come on in and get hassled by the best. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, it's funny. What's that hot dog stand in Chicago? Um, a, wien a wiener circle. Have you ever been to wiener circle in well, Chicago? Yes, because I like I need my abuse on a, a weekly basis. <laughs> but but you can give it back to them also. You know that, don't oh, you? And then they drag you out back in the alley and no, beat they you. no, they don't. Those ladies do not beat you. They insult the crap out of you, but they don't beat you. They're a tough bunch. They are a tough bunch. But you know, a couple times I've been there, like, like one in the morning, where I'm more drunk than they're tough, so it doesn't really make a difference. Anyway, we're as always on this podcast, we go off into incredible tangents. We're really what here. Is the, what, what is the subject of this show again? Well, the, the, oh, sports memorabilia. Yeah, the, the, yeah, we might get around to it. Yeah, usually like a percentage of about five percent. We do talk about sports uh, memorabilia, sports paraphernalia. But again, here at AU Sports, six thousand six Dempster, and I did remember the address this time. Um, we talk about a lot of things in this store. I mean, honestly, if you're a sports collector, if you're a sports fanatic, this place really is a dream. Why don't you just give a little history of your store? Just try and be serious for about nine seconds. <laughs> just not, okay, nine seconds. I can do this. Time me. Uh, AU Sports has been in business for over 40 years, originally founded by Chicago Sun-Times sports writer Eddie Gold. Who, uh, All right, that time's up. Nine seconds. No, uh, go ahead. I, go I, ahead. He, uh, he's uh, the foremost Chicago Cubs expert in the world. The guy wrote nine books on the Cubs. Just a great, great guy. Great trivia guy if you love baseball trivia. Anyway, um, the business just traveled along and, and, and was one of the Midwest's uh, Biggest and best uh, memorabilia shops when things were just getting underway. Mm -hmm. Here we are, forty plus years later. I am the new owner, and uh, but I was a friend of the Golds family the entire time. I worked there when I was in high school when they first opened their shop. So it's kind of like the family business still. 
Okay, and it is a really, I'll be serious for about the nine Manson seconds. Manson family also. business. <laughs> yes. It's a cool place. You, know, you can get cards from almost any era, from any sport, and, and not only sports, by the way, and we're going to talk about that as well. They have signed baseballs from, from all over the place. They have spot, uh, signed um, uh, jerseys. Uh, what else do you have in here? I, if I have something that's not signed, I'll sign it for you. Yes. <laughs> By the way, and if something is, and sometimes you have to have it authenticated, which is something we'll talk about also. There's a couple of major services right now, and this is a really interesting time in this in this uh, you know genre, if you will, um, because the I don't, I don't think that's how you pronounce it. How do you pronounce it? Genre, genre, whatever. It's that English. I think it's French, and I think that... Well, I don't speak French. Oh, well, get with it. <laughs> they only think French. Get with the program, man. This is a multilingual show. Okay, but, but what I'm trying to say is that this industry is off the charts right now, I think, and, I think, and, and you would admit that. Oh, my God. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. And, I mean, you know, like I said, I, I started here a long time ago when I was just collecting, you know, Cubs cards, and it's like nothing I've ever seen. There's always been peaks and valleys in the hobby, Right now, it's absolutely off the charts. Cards, memorabilia, prices are just skyrocketing. The demand is super high. Business has never been better, but also the supply is getting tougher and tougher. So you're making millions and millions of dollars right now, and we're doing this podcast for what? Pennies? Matchsticks? What? This is the, yeah, this, this is for a Diet Coke money. I stop on the way home, get a 20-ounce <laughs> bottle. That's uh, that's what this shows. Now we're for. doing this because we love talking about sports and and memorabilia and and like I said, we we will go veer way 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 off the topic. Slip in a little porn here, a little TV. Oh, little okay. Wait a minute. I got a timer. <laughs> Five minutes and forty eight seconds into the show, David mentioned porn. If any of you Cub fans, if you're Cub fans, you remember back in the in the late eighties, the Cubs had in the bleachers the Sean Dunstan guy with, with, with the Seanometer, the Seanometer, which would show his batting average from game to game. Yeah. So. Pretty much, David should have the porno meter. Fine. The new record, five minutes, 47 seconds. I want to see if you can last an entire show without it. I don't think you can, but we'll see going forward. Is there money on the line? No, just this is your pride. Well, the, the, okay. Your pride. You <laughs> don't have, have any pride. I have no you're pride. Doing, you're doing this show. I have no pride. Anyway, you talk about the 80s and Wrigley Field. That's when Seika used to come to the ballpark almost on a game-by-game -game basis. You know why? She was dating now, and living now, with Billy Connors, now the listen, Cubs pitching coach. Now, listen. You're assuming that these people know who a 95-year-old porn star is. You know, you were watching it back when it was in black and white. It's called Google. Google Seika. S-E-K-A. Seika. Google her. She was very famous. No, she's been Googled plenty. <laughs> she's been something plenty. Anyway, so, um, but let's talk seriously again, back to our 5% of what we usually talk about. Uh, the card business, and I looked this up last night, Scott. I think, unless I'm wrong, there are now 19 cards that are valued for a million dollars or more. Am I am I on on target with that? Sure, why not? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah you're the expert here. <laughs> Nineteen cards that are in, and, and some of the these prices are ridiculous. Now, there's two co-leaders in the clubhouse. There's the famous '52 Mickey Mantle. That's considered one of the grails, right, of the card collection. And, and I'm and I'm sure. And one of the reasons why this whole thing and we're calling it "Stuff Your Mom Threw Out" is because my mom, even though I still love her, threw out all my cards. Or she gave them away. When I went to college, she gave all my cards away. And I had the expensive ones. And she threw I, a party. Yeah, with the money that she probably got for it. I had the 60s and 70s cards. 
that you know are the, probably among the most valuable cards. Yeah, I mean, if you've got, you know, the, the guys of that era, Mickey Mantle, Hank, I had Willie Mays, you have these all, shall I rub I, it in some more? I, yeah, no. It's, but go it, ahead, no, continue it, with your research it, material. Okay. Mickey Mantle and LeBron James. LeBron James tied him for the top of the totem pole at $5.2 million recently. But then the one that really blows me away, and I know it does to you also, the Luka Doncic, and I guess it's his rookie card, right? Mm-hmm. $4.6 million. Why is Luka Doncic, who's been in the NBA for all of three years, now he's a great player, I'm not debating that, but I don't understand how that particular card is worth $4.6 million. I don't get it. You, you, you want the simple answer? Yes. It's not worth $4.6 million. But, Listen, but, but somebody I, paid for it. I Well, okay, you're using the theory of everything's worth as much as somebody is willing to pay for it, and, I, and I'm down with that. Yeah. But I mean, I'm in the I'm in the business. I would I would love to sell cards for four point six million dollars. It's just a, a completely different stratosphere where these cards reside. But they this wouldn't have happened pre-pandemic. These cards wouldn't have shot up to this price. It's so many people jumping in the hobby, which drums up the, with the demand, which drums up the interest, which drums up the price, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now we're up into this point where this, this three-year-old card is going for $4 million. It's absolutely a number I can't wrap my head around. I can at least see the 52 tops Mickey Mantle rookie so card. Because few of them, by now, the way. Let's, let's preface this by people who aren't necessarily aware of, of – why these cards are worth much? It's a grading system, and you can use one of the major grading companies, Beckett or PSA, to grade your cards. Now, these are cards that are PSA or Beckett graded gem mint, like nine and a half, ten. Like they look like they just came out of a pack. That's what you're getting for this five million dollars, right? You know, not and the one you pull out of your dresser drawer is not going to be worth that much, probably with the big crease down the middle. But even that one probably will be worth something sure. ridiculous. Yeah. If it's a, a mantle rookie, yeah. Okay. But anyway, point being that this wouldn't have been uh, pre-pandemic. Uh, it, it wouldn't It wouldn't have happened. But everybody's jumping in the hobby. Everybody thinks they're going to be the next millionaire. And apparently somebody who had a Luka Doncic card did become the next millionaire. Yes. And, and it's somebody who obviously has a, and I can I can swear on a podcast, somebody who had a shitload of money because it's not your, your normal person. It could even be a syndicate of people. I, first of all, let me just break in. I wasn't aware of the no swearing on podcast yeah. rules, so we're allowed to swear. Oh, I swear plenty. Oh, fuck I, yeah. I, I treat this like yeah, fuck yes, right? Fuck yeah. I treat this like I'm at home. All right. Um, all right. So it's interesting that you say that pre-pandemic because I looked this up last night and I do do my research periodically. Uh, U.S. sports card sales grew 142 percent last year, the pandemic year. Overall, I think a lot of businesses who are in the hobby have grown like that. I know that we have never had more volume coming through our store, uh, both uh, monetarily and I just, you know, amount uh, than ever before. It's I've all I've said this business has been better than ever. And my view of the overall hobby may have never been lower. <laughs> Well, you're taking advantage of something as as a hobbyist, which sure. is why you got into this. Sure. Yeah, it's a turnoff because it's gotten so out of the stratosphere. However, from a business perspective, of which you know you're a business person, sort of, um, you know, you're taking advantage of that. Well, yeah, you get. I mean, you've got to ride the wave. You you have to. I mean, if you're in business, that's what you do. Ride the wave. What was the movie? Was it Point Blank? What was the movie? Um, point uh, Blank. Point, no, it wasn't Point Blank. What point was Point Blank? <laughs> what was the one with uh with point yeah. 
Break. Point Break. That's right. Keanu Reeves. Point Blank was a Texas band who had a top 40 hit with O. Nicole, 19, oh, I'm going to say 81. See, that now that's your real love, isn't it? Music. Yes. Well, that and baseball. Okay. I love my business. But I love you, my dog. But you but, but you rag on baseball nowadays. You don't rag on music, well, so music must be your real love. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not uh, real crazy about some of the newer music. I'm just, I, you know, I'm an old man, so. <laughs> or some of the newer things in baseball, by the way. Yeah, they kind of match up. No. Um, is a seven-inning no-hitter really a no-hitter? Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. First of all, officially, Listen, if officially, officially, it's not a no-hitter. If anybody is listening to this, and I have my <laughs> doubts. Well, they're not right now because it's being recorded right now. But when you hear this, if you want to send us some remarks and let me know if you think that a seven-inning no-hitter, because you're talking about this year in baseball, in 2021, seven-inning double-headers. Mm -hmm. If a guy throws a seven-inning complete game and doesn't give up, up a hit, is it David? No, well, we'll let me, ah, we're going to let you well, decide. No, okay, I'm not going to decide. I'll let Major League Baseball decide, and they already they have decided. They were not invited to the party. They, yeah, they only run the damn sport. It's like it's like I would come into this shop and make the rules. I got a question. What? What were we talking about? <laughs> music. <laughs> oh, now we're on to music? It's a we went from Luka Doncic at $4.6 million as, you know. Well, again, this yeah. this this whole podcast just veers. It's it's like a car out of. You don't have you know, to explain it. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. All right. So it's not only sports cards that are off the charts. Oh, no. I mean, it's it's other cards. I mean, you've you got like a bunch of Star Wars and Marvel cards. Mar who? Marvel. Marvel. Marvel win. Marvel. <laughs> So uh, yeah, Marvel, Marvel, Marvel win, Marvel win, whatever. Why, why, oh, okay, why? Yeah, with Captain America <laughs> right. and Iron Man. Why are those cards so off the charts? Is it again just it's, because you know, of the again, pandemic? It, again? Let, let's explain a real kind of explanation. When the pandemic came in, a lot of people were staying home. A lot of people were looking for something to do. Some people dug cards out of their closet. They dug cards out from the basement. Did porn uh, sales go up? I don't know. That's your department. <laughs> They, but they were they, they did from everything that I purchased. Yeah, your your credit card bill went up. Look, uh, people were finding stuff; they were getting back into it. It was something to share, maybe with their kids, or something to right. get back into. Or even the people who said, "You know what? Oh, I found this. Now I'm going to sell it." Everything exploded from that. Now, not everybody does baseball cards. There are people who want to feel part of this collection, uh, and so they got into. Uh, the Star Wars cards, the original 1977 Star Wars cards. Okay. Uh, Pokemon cards. Have, have, I have that written down have, here. Have Pokemon. And you, and you actually pronounced it correctly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pokemon cards and Garbage Pail Kids. Garbage Pail Kids. I have it written oh, down do here. What do you want a cookie? I'll yes. get you a cookie. Um, <laughs> and, and, these, and these things have, have all taken on a different life. Yeah. And especially with this whole grading thing, we can get into grading at length, but it's kind of a boring conversation. No, I don't want to talk about that. But I mean, boring. this is, if, if, if you have this stuff at home and you're interested, do your own little bit of research on grading. You may have something worth something. Yeah. All right. So what is this one? Cause I wrote it down. Yu-Gi-Oh. 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 It's another what one. The hell these, is that? It's another kids. It would, it's a, wasn't he the clubhouse man for the Chicago Cubs in the end? Uh, <laughs> that was Yoshikawano. <laughs> oh, I was close. Uh, Yosh was a trip. I'll tell you about him sometime. Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, is another kind of like Pokemon. It's a game playing collector uh, cards. It's um, aimed at kids. <laughs> it's not as popular as Pokemon. You know, Poke Pokemon is, is Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. 
Yu-Gi-Oh! is like Nolan Arenado. Okay, well, that's still you know pretty, pretty damn, good. Pretty damn good. All right, so I, you know, I don't know if these are still um, you know worth anything, but back in the day, I wrote down some of the cards that people were collecting. There, there was a collection of astronaut cards. I yeah, guess, they, back they, during they, the Gemini uh, Apollo yeah, yeah, days. Yeah, more than one. In fact, my favorite one. I think it's 1964. It's it's called Space Cards, and it was sponsored by Popsicle. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah, they've they've done well. If you if you go if you go with the history of collectors' cards, I mean, sports was obviously the big thing, but we can even go back into the 1800s when cards were put on in tobacco packs or candy boxes sure. or stuff like that. Well, what did they have to do? They didn't have baseball, football, basketball, hockey. So there were cards of. Actresses, vaudeville actresses. There were cards of flowers of the world, right. flags of many countries. Right. So every t there's always been something, as long as it's got a variety to put on trading cards. So yeah, what did you write down? You have I see I astronauts, mean, the astronauts, Beatles, the Beatles had cards. Yeah. Uh, the Monsters had cards, and the Adams family. All the TV shows, all yeah. those black and white TV shows, the Beverly Hillbillies, McHale's Navy, they oh, all had cards. Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, not Mr. Then, Fuji, Fuji. But into the eighties, then you know you can you have cards of Mork and Mindy, the A Team, Happy Days. I got Green Hornet. Yeah, Lost in I'm, Space. Did you I'm, like Lost in Space? I tell me you weren't an Angela Carpenter. Well, I'm not, fan. Listen, I am not 75 years old. I don't they're, lost been, in space. I don't remember. They were, you probably were, were on uh, Dr. Smith. Who? <laughs> see, I don't even know who these people are. He does too. He's lying. He's lying. But I, I, I see you, 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 you uh, wrote, see, I'm looking at your list. And yes. most of what you wrote down here yes. is, is television shows. But I like how you let off with astronauts because there's other things. There was a, a set called Civil War News. I have no idea what that is. Well, that's exactly what it sounds like, Brainiac. Civil War News. It was what? like, wait, wait a second. What country Civil War News? You, you know, true. <laughs> uh, they were uh, like depictions of battles or scenes. Oh. And on the back would be a description of what happened. Oh, okay. Gettysburg for 100. <laughs> yeah, but they, uh, but they also put into these uh, packs of cards. You could also get a... Uh, uh, replicas of confederate money they did things like oh. that as a drawing thing but they would also do there was war cards horrors of war as a set okay uh one, one of the most famous what they call non-sport is what we call it right mars attacks the movie mars attacks well it became that movie but it was originally <laughs> it was originally a trading card that, that set. movie was great that was originally a trading card set. okay where they had depictions of martians attacking the u.s and okay. it was just fun a fun set but it's become one of those like thousands of dollars type of sets now. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, uh, all these cards, whether it's astronauts, the Beatles, yada, 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 all these things Explain from yesteryear. If you can find them in somebody's attic, if you will, or basement, these things are now worth probably more than well, ever. I'll, 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 yeah. And especially if the condition is there, because I want people to know who, if anybody's listening who's a novice, condition is everything. everything right. On these cards, you can have a complete set of the first Beatles set, you know, from 1964. Which could be worth you know several hundred dollars, but if they're all creased, it's fifty bucks, you know. So I just want to preface that out front. But if you've got these, let me give you an example. Uh, about five. Now let's go back. Yeah, about five years ago, and it just sticks in my head because I'm going to tell you somebody's a real stupid mistake. We were doing a show, and I had taken on this collection of these non-sport cards, mm -hmm. full sets, mm -hmm. and we had a Beverly Hillbilly set. 
Now, this one has somehow become a little scarcer than the others. Oh, I've seen I've seen your sets over at, uh, yonder in the uh, so, store. So we we priced it at five hundred dollars. Okay, which is a fair was a fair price at the time. You noticed something though. Okay, but I'm saying at the time even those were drawing some money. Okay, and this guy comes up to the table and he looks down and he says. Oh, you've got the Beverly Hillbilly set. I've been looking for one of those. It's one of the things I need. I'm going to take a look around and come back. Half hour later, another guy walks up and buys it. Oh, okay. So let me just give you the piece of advice. If you see something you, you like, it, grab it. Buy it because it might not be there when well, you get back. I mean, even in your own store, you sometimes say that you get stuff in and it's gone within an hour. I mean, you've gotten like, you have all the World Series Cubs baseballs. I heard you say earlier today, you got 12 of them and four of them sold really quick. Is that yeah, correct? four in the first 24 hours sold four of them. That's amazing. Um, had an offer on three more today, which I turned down. We won't get into prices right now because that's a boring conversation. To price yeah, and and by the way, I, I heard you adding up earlier the three prices. You were off by $100. Yeah, I know I was. I figured that out later. Good thing okay. you turned me down. Good thing I turned him down. Uh, Why? Would you have held to that price if he said, hey, okay, I'll take it for 500 when it should have been 600 Uh Being that he was a semi-regular customer, I might have. Really? I might have. I wouldn't have. Well, Okay. We knew your tendencies with pennies. <laughs> You're going out of business quick. <laughs> All right. Let's guy, some some people put pennies in a jar. David's got a wishing well in the backyard filled to the top of them. I do, and I'm still wishing somebody like uh, Modern Day Seiko will show up. Um, all right. Uh, I looked up some of these things the other day. Uh, you don't want me to test you on things, so I won't test you. I'll just tell you. I didn't study. Okay. Well, I, uh, a Ty Cobb game used bat. You, you want to take a guess how much that might have gone for? A million dollars. You looked on my sheet. No, I, no, come on. It's a million bucks. Ty Cop. $1.1 million. I don't need to look at your sheet for that one. Okay. Uh, I'll let you know when I need to look at your sheet. Okay. Because okay. You know, I'll ask right here. I don't care who hears me. Sometimes things are, are ridiculously priced, and sometimes they're, I don't know, modestly priced. No, I mean, see, does, that, does that surprise you, though, that his bet's a uh, million dollars? No, not his. Because Cop. Yes. Right? Yes. Who, who are the icons? He'd be one baseball, of them. right? Of the old, if you want to break it up and say, you know, Ruth and Garrick, a Cobb. Uh, I think it's Ruth Garrick. I think Ruth, Jimmy Fox, maybe. I think Ruth Garrick Cobb are the are the, the three the first, the big three from the old era. Um, and then you get Jackie into, Robinson. Then you get into your DiMaggio, Mantle, Jackie Robinson. Yep. Then you go to your Aaron Mays, Clemente. Okay. So hey, every generation's got a little kind of a, a Mount Rushmore. You know, it's really interesting because we were talking about cards earlier that are ridiculously priced, like the Mantle and LeBron James. Yet the card that was always the most, well, not ridiculous, but always had the highest price was Honus Wagner. Oh, you said it right this time. <laughs> Because he called me last night. <laughs> oh, is he so loud? How's he doing? That's, uh, Hon I, that's Honus Wagner the fourth. I forgot way. to wish him a, a happy 141st birthday. You want to tell the story about the Willie Mays, the person who came in the other day or wanted to sell something? Yeah, it's it. I guess it's entertaining enough. <laughs> you get, I, I get a phone call from from a guy who uh, says, "Hey, it's Willie Mays' birthday today." And I said, "Yes, it is. He's 90 years old." He's like, "Oh, it's kind of a big deal." I said, "Well, in baseball circles, it is a big deal." Yeah, he's still, he's still. And he's like, "Well, I, I have an old Willie Mays card here that I that I want to sell. Uh, uh, could I bring it in?" And I said, "Well, actually, I'm I'm busy today. I'm actually stepping out. But but if you could come in tomorrow, I'd be happy to look at it." And he goes, "But it's not his birthday tomorrow." <laughs> So and, he, he thought he thought it was only appropriate to sell the card on his birthday. I I said to him, I mean, after my three seconds of staring at myself, like you idiot. I I said, well, if we're interested in the card, it doesn't matter if it's his birthday. <laughs> and this seemed to confuse him, and it was the end of the conversation. Yeah, and, and he hasn't been in since. Um, 
Has there ever been an Eddie Goodell card? Oh, there's probably not an original card, not from the time he was. Uh, what, well, explain, do you want to explain? You want Eddie, me to explain? Well, I'll say Eddie Goodell was sort of a stunt by Bill Veck, and Eddie Goodell was a little person. I don't even know what's appropriate now. I, mean, I, I don't say. think midget is okay, a midget. Okay, he was a midget, and he, I think he stood what three foot six, I uh, think something was, like that. Okay, so he went up to home plate, and he was under orders from Bill Veck. I'm sure he was tempted to swing the goddamn bat, but he didn't. And there was four pitches, and well, he walked. Yeah, they well, he was added to the roster. Nobody knew he was, and in the situation, they sent him up to pinch hit. Right, and of course, and uh, Bob Kane, the, the the Browns pitcher, didn't know what to do, so he tried to throw, throw strikes, strikes but right. he, but he couldn't because his strike zone was like an eighth of an inch. Right, <laughs> and so they walked him, and Goodell. Uh, ran down to first base, and then they pinch ran for him. Of course, the next day they passed a rule saying that this was not going to work, but Bill Vec had gotten it in for that one game anyway, great publicity. And the story is that, that Vec told him. If you say, if, I'll if kill you. you. No, I have a sniper, <laughs> like, situated on you. If you swing, he's going to shoot. Listen, I knew Bill back a little bit back in the day. He might have actually been telling the truth. I'm not uh, sure. Anyway, so what year was that? Was 1940 something? No, 50 something. I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I didn't write it down. Oh, you didn't. Did, how, about, how about the magic Google machine? Uh, I forget it. It's well, too late. Maybe somebody will look it up after the show. <laughs> no, okay, whatever. Again, you assume there's listeners. Yeah, right. Um, that would have been even in those days, that would have been an add-on baseball card for that season. Do you think they made one? No. They no, did I not. Mean, no, from that time period, there is not an Eddie Goodell card. Okay. Um, since then, I'm sure a couple of card companies have put out some sort of like a, we'll just call it a reprint because they're not, it's hard to reprint something that didn't exist, but I call it that because to this day, you know, when you buy baseball cards, brand new cards, these sets will still have Roberto Clemente cards and Babe right. Ruth cards and stuff, but they're latter day. They're only $2, you know, as compared to the thousands of dollars they could be okay but it's a way for you to collect a favorite player so if and, they're and not and not break the bank even if it's a reprint or whatever you want to call it an eddie goodell card is that worth anything nah, cup nah probably not really yeah it's like a two dollar bill that's it yeah it's, no, it's, it's a novelty but that's it is it. It, it is a novelty if there was an original eddie goodell card uh yeah well, of course what if, it would have been, what if he signed it no, well, of course, anything with a signature on it is going to go up in value in fact there was a there was a, a rule of thumb that Another thing this hobby is has done in the last couple of years with the pandemic, I don't know why, but rookie cards that are autographed have shot up considerably as well. Before you were kind of like, don't get the rookie card autographed because you're going to kill the value. Now it's a completely different scene. But the market has changed immensely. And even somebody like myself who's here seven days a week, or at least I work seven days a week, I work from home as well. There are things going on in the hobby that I can't even keep up with. So, People, I generally tell them when they start asking questions, I say, find the area you're comfortable with. What makes you happy? What's fun for you? Now, whether that's trying to turn a profit, whether it's collecting autographs, whether that's doing something with your kids, find your little section, but learn about it. Okay, well, there were even kids in here today. Uh, they could have been 13, 15 years old. I have no idea. They're probably about that. Okay, so they bought some cards, $30, $40. I don't know who they got specifically. They just bought some, uh, some basketball cards. Are so they doing that? What, I mean, you're not in their head, but what do you think? Are they doing it to collect? Or well, doing see, it to see, my hold opinion on is the road? when I said earlier that my view of the hobby has never been lower, it's because I think this raising of prices and demand and, and worker, because right now, if, if you're not aware of it, 
there are boxes of brand new basketball and football cards that are selling for $1,500 to $2,000 for 15, 18 packs of cards because everybody's hoping they're going to get that one card. That one card, and then they're going to get it graded. It's going to be a Gem Mint 10, and they're going to sell for $10,000. So, but what it's done is, even though business is better than ever, it's shut a lot of the kids out. Right. You know, a, a six, a seven, and eight year old kid who just wants to open a pack of baseball cards, it's it's getting tougher and tougher. Unless they come in with daddy who's got deep pockets. Right. No, that's exactly right. And the the kids who came in today and bought basketball cards, I don't know. Are they going to sit on them and hope they accrue in value? Or do they just have a collection they like to add to? Personally, I've I have a personal collection of two or three different things that I've collected over the years. I've never ever been worried about turning a profit on it because it's mine. I, I don't care. All right. What, what's what's the most famous thing or what's the you, in your collection? What is the most thing uh, that you like the most or that you pride the most? Um, I, you're honestly one of my collections. Yes, probably. Probably. Uh, oh, OK, let's see. Oh, you know what? You know what? A thing I really like. And, I have and you collect stuff that's not ba- sports also. Yeah. What, what, are, what are those things that you collect? They're called Funko Pops. Yeah. What the hell is that? They're about three inch figurines that come in a box. They're really cool. Uh, they make them for sports. They make them for movies, television, animation, Game of Thrones, uh, Pokemon. They do all kinds of crazy stuff for these. I, I just think I, I think they're great. They're not they're not too expensive when they come out. Um, there are some uh, that are expensive that i'm hoping to add to my collection someday but it's not because they're expensive it's not because i expect them to double in price or anything like that i see i grew up uh, a marvel comics kid Mm -hmm. and one of the ones that i would really like to add to my collection is the original red skull captain america's you know arch enemy foe uh and the original one is goes right now for five or six hundred dollars I would like to add one of those to my collection one day. I'm looking for the right price, but I have no intentions of saying like, "Oh, this one's going to be a thousand dollars in a year." Don't care. Okay, you just want to add it. You just want to round out your collection. Um, all right, we talked about stuff that Ty Cobb's bat was a, a million uh, point one. Can I ask you this? Yes. If Ty Cobb's bat was a million dollars, yes. Okay. Yes. How much would David Ross's bat be worth? <laughs> Less. Yes. Think less? Yes. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. Yes. You're was, learning. I just want to make sure. Oh you're paying, my God! Was that I want to a... make sure you're paying attention. <laughs> then again, you know what? Other than trying to turn a profit off this, well, who's a worse hitter than David Ross? Uh, he Ron, was Ron Karkovice. Uh, yeah. If pe- people don't know who that is, Ron Karkovice he was, was a catcher for the White Sox in the in the late '80s, maybe yes. early '90s. He had a good arm uh, and had a lifetime average of about what? Two ten. What are you saying that David Ross is one of the worst hitters of all time? He's not a great hitter, but he had some power. Well, he also right. he also came up with some big hits in yeah, the Cubs uniform. Right. Oh no, I mean, including talking, in that seventh game of the World Series. I was just trying. To I think, was there, by the way. Did you know that you were at the seventh game of the World Series? Yeah. Which where were you batting in the order? Uh, I was upstairs eating. <laughs> <laughs> you were just waiting for to see if they called on you in extra innings. Well, they did go with the extra innings, and, sure. and of course, it rained that day. Schuster, grab a bat. <laughs> Why? We just just bring it down and hand it to Rizzo, would you? I would have handed yeah. it to him. Yeah. Um, so the Ty Cobb bat is one point one million dollars. So I, I just looked up some stuff what they're worth. There's a Martin Luther King Bible. Okay. 
What? What? Wait a minute. A Martin Luther King Bible. So wait. Signed. Wait. Like, by who? By Martin Luther King. Oh, I was gonna say, was it signed by <laughs> Mrs. King? No. By Jesus? <laughs> Hazel. Martin Luther King Bible. This will be the only time I ask you this question during this podcast. A Martin Luther King Bible. Yeah. Signed by Martin Luther King. Right. You know what? I, who? I don't know. Seventy-five thousand. No. $200,000. Okay, see, I told you, sometimes things are ridiculously high-priced, and sometimes they're not. And this is what shocked me. His his Martin Luther King signed Bible, only $2,500. Why is that? The condition it's in? It was graded by PSA? Really? Yeah, seriously. Man, I... I Folks, I want to. I want to just go on. You the wanna, should we go buy that? Let me. No, I want to go on record and apologize to to our listeners, both of both of them. <laughs> That's me that, and you. Yeah. That uh, um, I'm going to brush up on my religious uh, paraphernalia. Oh, there's another Bible um, signed by God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm. Gonna, I'm going to. I'm. Next time you ask me, you know, you'll say Bill. You'll say a Billy Graham signed piece. And then I'll, of course, assume it was the former wrestler superstar, Billy Graham. Oh, then it's worth a lot of money. And then I'll get it completely wrong. Yeah, and... It's it's his signed boa. Oh, superstar. How, where would you sign a feather boa? Don't you know. don't even think this shit through, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. All right. So it, during, uh, during the non-pandemic and hopefully post-pandemic, you have a lot of autograph signings in here by, by athletes. Who are some of the people that you've had in here that have attracted a nice crowd? Oh, uh, well, we had Martin Luther King. <laughs> his signature, I had him sign his a Bible. signature isn't worth shit. Yeah, I had him sign a Bible. Uh, don't know what happened to that. I lost it. Uh, no, I mean, we've had a myriad of being in Chicago, being based in Chicago, and we hope that eventually people outside the Chicago area get to listen in on us. Uh, but being Chicago-based, we've done – uh, White Sox, Cubs, Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks. Names, 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 names. Slow down, Seika fan. <laughs> Have you had her? I, I would. I had her, but not in here. <laughs> okay, you had Marla Collins in here. Yeah, we did. Chicago, uh, Chicago Cubs ball girl Marla Collins. That was fun. She's a very popular draw. We've had um, Chicago with Steve Mongo McMichael, Mark Bortz. I mean, guys from the '85 Super Bowl team. Uh, Dennis McKinnon, Bill, uh, Bill so, Wennington. So Bill Wennington's been here from the from the Bulls. So has Craig Hodges. So a lot of the people who played on championship teams, uh, you know, Britt Burns, Dick Dotson from the '83 White Sox. We've had some Bear players in here too. Yeah, I, I mentioned a couple. You weren't listening. So <laughs> I was, I, can you just follow? I, I never do when you talk. <laughs> uh, so we've we've had. Uh, uh, you know, d players from uh, from the from the old championship teams, and even some of the guys who didn't play for a championship team but have been popular. We from the Cubs, you know, say, look, I'm just going to throw some examples out. You know, uh, Glenn Backard and uh, Milt Pappas from the Cubs, and uh, we had Fergie Jenkins, though that was yeah. a, that was a, it was a Hall of Famer, Fergie Jenkins. Um, from the Bears, you know, Al Harris, who missed the Super Bowl right. team. That was a bad, was, bad decision. But these have part. all these have all been. Um, greatly received autographs sure. on is because they're not expensive. People get to come in. One thing we do here at AU is some places do autograph signings where you basically just get in line, get your piece signed, and get the fuck out. We don't do that. Can you swear on podcasts? Oh, yeah, I, can. I think you gave me the rule book. <laughs> and so what we do is we encourage uh, the people to interact with the fans and take pictures for free. And uh, Everybody has a good time. I've yeah, been here for I, a few of those. And I'll tell you what, and post-pandemic, which we, which we hope is coming up real soon, I've already got a couple of autograph signings lined up 
that uh, I'm not going to mention any tonight, right. but I just want people to keep it in mind that if you follow us uh, on Facebook at AU Sports Memorabilia, or you could email us at AU Sports at AOL.com and just ask to be notified. I, we've got a couple of former uh, National League All Stars uh, lined up. I don't want to. I don't want to burst the bubble yet because. It's not time yet. Okay. Well, knock on wood, the pandemic will come to an end in some capacity, semi soon, and we'll have all those people in here. Um, you, again, I, I mentioned earlier on that you love music. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's really your passion deep down. M more than music is is. I'll I'll be serious for a moment, and then I'm done. Okay. Um, I think there's certain pe there's people who uh, just listen to music, and there's people who get music. I'm definitely in the category of I get music. And I think if you're not getting music sometimes, I, it, it's almost like I feel a little sorry for you because you're not getting the full experience. Mm -hmm. I think music is in a lot of ways, it's going to sound corny as hell. I think music in a lot of ways is life. It really can do a lot of things for you. It can make you, it can evoke emotion, make you feel good when you're feeling bad. It can make you feel bad when you want to feel bad. It can do a lot of things. Right. And it can make you feel really, really bad if you're listening to something, you know, like, Rap the Beatles. No, okay. This is uh, for everybody who's listening. You one or two or three people out there. Are we up? Are we up? Can we see the counter? Uh, Scott here thinks that the Beatles are an overrated band, and this is sort of like a running battle between the two of us. Now, this is going to be a subject of another podcast. I'll get it. I, I will. I will get out there and I will stomp on the Beatles' graves like they're grapes. Okay. Um, I don't hate the Beatles, no, I, but I do them, think they're overrated. Think... There's, see, there's a technique. But anyway, your point was I love okay, music. But... I do love music. But, so who are your music heroes? If you could have three of your music heroes oh, who come wow. in here, so, who would they no, be? What do we get to do? We just get to hang just, out and drink? And... No, they have a little private showing for you musically. Um, okay, really? Uh, Pete Townsend? Because okay. I'll just go with singing. I'll go with individuals rather than bands. Okay. Because you could say Led Zeppelin. Sure. You know. But they're probably the neighbors would probably complain. <laughs> uh, Pete Townsend from The Who. Yeah. Um, I think he's my favorite, probably my favorite songwriter. And The Who is my favorite band. Um, I also adore uh, uh, Peter Gabriel. He's a big favorite of mine. I've seen him so many times in concert. I just think he's, he's fantastic. And if I was going to go with one more, uh, oh, well, I don't think there's any question. Freddie Mercury. Okay. From Queen. I think Freddie's the. Put it like this. Did you think that movie was done well? Yeah, uh, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody yeah, was, it was, was, was real good. Um, he deserved the Oscar. He had Freddie spot on. Now, here's the thing about the couple of things about Freddie is there's uh, there's two lines of thought. There's people who think Freddie is the greatest singer who ever lived, and there's people who are fucking wrong. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's unique. I, I would say he's definitely unique. He's the he's the best rock singer. He's the best singer. Him him I. I like Freddie as a, a male singer. My favorite female singer is probably Aretha Franklin. And but there's they're similar. They can both sing a variety of. Do you think Barbara Streisand's a good female? singer? I think she's fantastic. So it's just I. not my cup of tea. Okay, that's fine. How about Julie Andrews? That that's my mom's favorite singer. Okay, it happens happens to be my favorite singer. Is your mom available? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> wait, no. I've already warned her about you. Oh my God! Um, is there is there collectibles with music also? I mean, like albums or well, actually, or stuff? Si yeah, signed albums are actually harder to come across than signed baseballs. Okay, because you can get an athlete at the ballpark or something like that. Just we'll use it. It's a lot harder to get access. Oh, to a rock yeah. star! Because yeah. you're going to have to catch him coming out of the hotel or coming out of the, the venue, and generally you're not going to get that shot at them because they're going right into the limit. Well, they also have like a hundred bodyguards. Yeah. 
So the prices on those are, are precipitously higher depending on like, you know, you can say, oh, Babe Ruth. Well, what about Elvis? It's kind of comparable, right. you know? Isn't it interesting that we've had a couple of people previous when we did this uh, podcast in a different incantation where we had uh, Incant Ryan in Incantations. What is this like? That's like, it's that's, a spell. that's witchy talk. <laughs> right, it's a spell. Anyway, we had Ryan Dempster and we had uh, Margie and Greco. And, you know, they, they have their own collection of stuff. The things that they're most uh, proud about are their musical collections of signed, like, guitars from certain people. And I can't remember who. Well, I'm going to wind up. At, at, at some point in time, I'm going to wind up rolling both of them <laughs> to in an alley to get their stuff. Yeah. I mean, who, I can't remember who Mark said. Listen, they've been warned. So Okay. Uh, G Gene Greco, uh, who, a, a Chicago area sports broadcaster of the last 30 plus years. Mm -hmm. um, who was he, in here, by the way, last he, week. He, uh, and so was Dempster. Well, he, they're friends of the store. See, I dropped names. See, I, I know. How, they're, well, friends you, of, they're friends of mine. Oh, please. That's why they're friends of the store. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, uh, did, I, did, you, did you like his horse impression right there? <laughs> Edit that out. Uh, Gene Greco is uh, a fan of of old soul music. In right. fact, what he what he 60s. Did, when we were in the uh, when we were hanging out uh, last week, he just kept peppering a, an, an actually an employee of mine who is like a '60s music expert, yeah. peppering him a with, with well, who did this song? Who did this song? Nailed him, nailed him. Mark was so upset. He said, I'm going to go home and write down a list. Yeah. And, and, and come back. It, and bring it back. Uh, but uh, our other friend we talked about, Ryan Dempster, the former Chicago Cub, mm -hmm. um, he uh, said he had pieces signed by uh, Pearl Jam and Metallica. And yeah, if you've got access to see these guys, meet these guys and get them to sign a guitar or an album or something, why, why wouldn't you? And I especially think for me, Signed album covers, if they're if they're done right, I mean, are a really great display, because I love album cover art anyway. Right, you know, CD art is you know, they've shrunk it down. Vinyl. Well, you also have a collection of movie posters. That I have like nine collections. Okay, you do actually. Um, all right, I want to touch on two more things before we get out of here. Um, talk about autographs, and they have to be authenticated. You can recognize certain guys' autographs. I mean, I, I know I, I can. I can. Mike, be, Michael I, Jordan being one of them. I who, know, who are I, the ones that are most recognizable? Mine. <laughs> uh, my brother. <laughs> I'm talking about famous people. Oh, oh wait a minute, athletes. I'm on a podcast. I'm Mr. Podcast. Yes. Okay. I'm famous. Okay. You're yeah. You're like Don Rickles, Mr. Warmth. Yes, I'll take that. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, you know what? The old signatures are the easiest ones to rep to to uh, recognize because they're legible. Because they're legible, right? At some point, people stopped caring what their oh, I don't signature care anymore. I just, like. I oh, I've seen your handwriting. Yeah, I just scribble. It, it, David Schuster's handwriting looks like somebody threw up Chinese food in a birdcage. One hundred percent. Okay. Listen, my mother always said I should be a doctor, so I just figure I got you know my signatures like a doctor. That's all. Uh, but really, it's it's the older guys, and you can so we're talking about like your your Ernie Banks, you know, like a Babe Ruth, a legit Babe Ruth autograph. There's no questioning it. Yeah, it's right there. It says Babe Ruth. It doesn't say. I think that starts with a B. That might be an H in there. But today, if especially if you get a team signed baseball and you've got 20-plus signatures on there, if you can pick two out by the letters, God bless you. Yeah. You just have to recognize the style of the autograph. I can pick out a Wilson Contreras. I can pick out a Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. Speaking of three local, you know, like from the 2016 World Series Cubs, a lot of autograph balls. I can recognize them, but you, if you looked at them, you might, who's that? 
Who's that? Who's that? Well, you've Wilson, seen you've seen him so many times. Wilson, also. yeah, Wilson Contreras. I go online if you want to, folks. Wilson Contreras, the Chicago Cubs <clears throat> all-star catcher. His signature is a series of loops. That's it. That's it. <clears throat> and he spells his name different than uh, it's W I L L. I think it is. Yeah, it's two L's for Wilson. Did you know that? Yeah, does that mean an extra loop in the signature? Yes, that's okay. exactly what it means. Um, so, but a lot of people sometimes come in with baseballs. Hey, I have a uh, Jose Abreu signed baseball. And uh, Abreu who? Jose Abreu. Yes, Jose Abreu. Um, anyway, they 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 try and pawn off a fake signature. Does that happen a lot in this industry? I don't. I uh, well, I, I certainly think there are people with. Uh, less scruples than you would like in the industry, but that's why we have authentication companies to help us with that. Um, I personally, and I know a lot of other dealers are of the same mind as I am. We will not touch as a straight purchase, uh, certain autographs without that authentication. You're talking about the, some of the most forged signatures over the course of the hobby, which was number one is Michael Jordan without question. Uh, Michael Jordan, if I've seen a hundred Michael Jordan autographs, just using it as a percentage, 95 are fake. Wow. Because in the late 80s, he signed an exclusive deal with Upper Deck, which is a, a company. So if you've got a Michael Jordan autograph with Upper Deck UDA authentication, you're, you're going. You're okay. But anything other than that without authentication is going to be looked at suspiciously because there were thousands of fake Jordans just within the Chicago city. Did they, there was a sting operation in the late nineties and they uncovered thousands and thousands of fake Michael Jordans. And also what happened, and I've seen this a lot of athletes because they don't want to get writers cramped. They have somebody else in the clubhouse, in the locker room, signed the basketballs, yeah. baseballs, what have you but for this, them. This, so it's not real. This, this is the great thing. the, combination of autographs on a ball can be used as uh, a way to say like, oh, who's going to forge all these 23 signatures? Well, yeah, but the key signature on there is Mickey Mantle. Okay. That's what drives the price of the ball. Right. Therefore, if that is a fake signature, it ruins the whole the, the whole darn thing. But that's where the clubhouse comes in. Mickey Mantle, they'd after the game, they would pass around, you know, eight dozen balls right. and say, okay, everybody sign them. Right. And maybe maybe Elston Howard and Phil Rizzuto and Don Larson would sign the ball. But Mantle would say, oh, hell, I, I, need, I need to just go out and have me a beer. It, hey, Pete, would you sign this? And right. out he'd go. And Pete Provite, the Yankees clubhouse guy, would sign Mantle's name. Right. There's in um, early 50s Dodgers, there is actually a pattern. I don't remember what three names in a row, but if you see certain three names in a row on a certain panel of the ball, you know it's, it's no good. Wow. Because their clubhouse guy would sign. And, it was, and, and it was like, yeah, whatever it was, it was like, if it was like Campanella, Newcomb, and somebody, bad. Okay. You know what I've noticed so far in this podcast? We've talked too much about sports memorabilia. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> we haven't gotten off subject as much as we normally What is our problem? You know what it is? It's, it's that we haven't recorded. We're not drunk? We, we haven't recorded the podcast for several weeks. We're out of touch. And we're just getting back into it. And we just don't, we don't have our game, you yeah. know, game faces on. Yeah, it takes a while. You know, sometimes. I got to get out there and take a few swings. You know what? I, I, I feel like I've been sitting on the bench for eight innings and they just, they just sent me out to face Lee Smith. Strike one, strike two, strike three, take take the bench. All right, I'm going to leave you with one last thing. I noticed this last night. 
And this as guy, long as you leave me. Yeah, I will. I promise. There, there's this guy. This guy's local. And, and by the way, he lived just about a, a mile from where I used to live. He's from Highland Park. His name is Andrew Goldberg. And by the way, he's available to come on podcast. So if we're lucky enough to continue with this, I want to have him on at some point. Uh-huh. Okay. What's he, his claim to fame? Well, he collects. He's trying to make a f- entire collection of every ticket stub from Michael Jordan's every game he's ever played. I think this guy may have emailed me before. Seriously? I think that's very possible because okay. I remember this. Okay. I, I, there was an article written up. Uh, where did I read this? I don't know. Uh, anyway, Jordan played apparently in 1,264 games. He has collected, at least as of last year when this article was written, 870 ticket stubs from the 1264. I don't know if he'll ever get to the 1264. You know what, though? That's the great thing about a collection. He's, he's because to round it out. Because you still have a chase. Something to do. Right. You still have a chase. If a complexion, if a collection is completed, well, that's it. Let's die. die. I mean, right. I mean, what's, you know, yourself. that's why sometimes people will like, you know, like a guy like Reggie Jackson who collected classic cars. Right. Well, he was never going to finish that collection. No, of course not. But in the same way, my first real serious collection um, was Chicago Cubs autographs, uh, mostly hand signed on baseball cards. Mm-hmm. And currently I have, and I decided to do it only from the 60s on. You know, going back further, it's a lot tougher. Do I have some older ones? I do, but I don't really count them in in, in the overall number. So from basically 1960 to last year, I have about 1,000 different players, but I'm not done. Okay. And will I ever be done? Probably not, but it always gives you something to chase. People say like, oh, are you going to sell it someday? I don't know. They'll probably bury me with it. I don't know. Well, this guy apparently, you know, this is last year. He was 400 tickets, stubs. Ticket stubs are really worth something? Yeah, I listen. Um, to a certain game. To uh, a certain game. There certain, was a perfect game. You pick up a ticket stub. Can I tell you this? Because I, I know somebody picks up ticket stubs on the way out of sporting events. You can guess who. Oh, yeah, I know exactly <laughs> who it is. We'll reveal this on a future episode. <laughs> if there is one. Um, the... Ticket subs, put it like this. Game seven of the 2016 World Series, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Game seven. Anything with game seven, probably. Well, this is my point is that that was in high demand. I sold, I don't know, I within the last year even, it's there's still demand for them. I probably had bought a collection, and there was probably half a dozen of them in there, and I think we were getting about 300 a pop on them. Okay. So consider that. Now, the Jordan tickets are not going to be that much because you're going to get a random game against the Milwaukee Bucks in 19, you know, 90. But this guy, this guy, in reading the article, he had... But is he also doing finals tickets? Yes, he's doing finals tickets. He's doing the Olympic tickets. He was doing even... Oh, wow. They they played over, I guess, some exhibition games over in Paris in the McDonald's Classic. Did he do any WrestleMania tickets? Not that I... What, was Jordan at WrestleMania? Oh, I just thought he was collecting tickets. No, no, no. He's collecting... uh, I was kidding. Okay. And by the way, this guy lived almost kitty corner. We got to get this guy on. He lived almost kitty corner because I know where Michael's first house in Highland Park was, and I know where this guy apparently lived then or is still there. He lived only about a half a mile from him. So he's hoping someday to not only complete the collection, but to either he's not going to give it to Jordan because it's probably going to be worth a lot of money, wouldn't you think, if you ever collect? Do you think you think it? Jordan wants it? No. No. My, my, Michael needs that like a hole in that. Well, end. I mean, it might be a great com- career remembrance. What are you going to do with 1,200 stupid you know, ticket stubs. I don't know. Is that a fireplace? <laughs> yes, that would be where that would I'm be just saying. Michael, that's where it should go. All right. So if this guy is fortunate enough, and I don't think he will, 
if he's fortunate enough to round out his collection and have all 1,264 ticket stubs, can you even imagine a price for that? No, because it's, for me, such it's a- worthless. But to, to somebody, what's it worth? Oh, you, I can't. You can't do a that. A thousand, ten thousand, a million? Well, at a thousand, that would be less than a dollar a ticket. So okay. I think we can rule that one out, David. Okay. Um. Yeah, I would think it's. It, 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 it would be six figures, I would say. Okay. Does that include dollars? Because know, cents I, also? Well, it's just, I mean, think about this. Let's even pretend somebody said, oh, we value it at uh, 75000 I'm just throwing a number out, means nothing. Well, he may say to himself, no, I, I want $250,000 for this because of the right. work I put in. Right. You know, otherwise, I ain't ah, doing nothing with it. Okay. Right? Yeah. Makes sense. It does make sense. But it would be such, you can't put a price on that because that would be such a unique, it's one of a kind. It's one of one, you know, which is another area of the hobby. One of one. Yep. They make cards and autographs and stuff that there's only one in the whole world. Well, I mean, and I think you even have like a poster in the store here, maybe a couple of them of every Super Bowl ticket. Yeah. Okay. And there've now been how many Super Bowls? 50 some odd games. I, I've lost count. Honestly. I think the first Super Bowl was 66. 1901. No, not 1901. I think that was 66 or 67. That, that, was, that was the Trenton, New Jersey Hawks <laughs> against the uh, Chicago Staley's. Right? So it? let's just say it's, if it's 66, that would be different tickets so somebody who's got a collection of those I mean, uh, it's still worth it it's still worth it you know in the thousands okay because it's the first few tickets okay that are making up because tickets now i mean people save them now so they're easier to come across so the price isn't as high okay but a super bowl one ticket yeah you're gonna lay some money out for that so the the gist of again this podcast is is <laughs> it is for complete nonsense no there is no reason for this podcast i don't even know why i'm here but, well, then get out of here. But of course, I, if you want to explain it, I, I, I'm going to let you know. Again, the industry is off the charts. It blows me away. I, I'm not a collector. However, I am a capitalist, so I do appreciate that there's a lot of money in this industry. But, the, you know, again, for me, and that's why we came up with the name of this podcast, Stuff Your Mom Threw Out, because I had a, a probably, I wouldn't call it a priceless um, collection of baseball cards, but they were worth a lot of money. Back in the day, I don't remember what kind of condition they were in. They were probably wouldn't be graded higher than a five, I'm guessing. You know, it would be just a guess. But I had them. I had the Willie Mays. I had the Roberto Clementes. I had the Frank Robinsons. I had the Mickey Mantles. I had the Sandy Koufax. I'm going to go home and cry because <laughs> my mom gave them away. You, you know, you know, David, we are just a few days past Mother's Day, and I'm not going to sit here and listen to you bash your mother. <laughs> bash her. I take care of her. <laughs> I see. In you, spite I, of her giving those cards away, when, when you, I've seen you with a pillow in your hands and a mean look on your face. <laughs> Quiet. Thank God this is not a video. Oh wait, it is a video. <laughs> anyway, Scott, say goodbye. Oh, must I? Yes. Goodbye, Dave. Oh, goodbye, Peaches. <laughs> okay. Goodbye, Herb. And that'll do it for this week. Hopefully, we'll be back again semi soon. Hope you've enjoyed it. It's just a. It's a. It's a hoot. It's a who talking about this stuff. Anyway, that'll do it. Take care, everybody.